Welcome to the Seems Not Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Scene Snobs Podcast Live. It is Tuesday night, and it is Star Trek Week, night three. Uh, if you have missed our previous two night shows, live events, we had a reading of the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, Cupid, on Sunday, with a very full cast and very awesome people all joining in. Uh, so please go check that out. Um, and then last night we did a start the world of Star Trek discussion panel where we brought on experts in their fields to come on and talk about the world of Star Trek and how it can maybe exist today. Uh, we had a very good discussion about all of that and we discussed our love for Star Trek. So, uh, so go check out any one of those now. Uh, they are on the YouTube channel, which please subscribe uh, or you can go check them out in podcast format. On anywhere that you listen to your podcasts and please rate and review us we appreciate that so tonight we are continuing Star Trek and I brought on probably the guy who knows most about Star Trek in my world um, we were roommates for a very long time <laughs> uh, and Star Trek always seemed to be on and he taught me a lot about Star Trek uh, he is an awesome dude one of my best friends in the world and a Star Trek aficionado Mr. Joe Loud, what's going on, buddy? Not much, you know. <laughs> not much today. <laughs> just one of yeah. those Lockdowns, not much happening any, anywhere. <laughs> just Star Trek, then. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, thank you for being on the show, man. And uh, I really appreciate this. Uh, it's always fun to talk to you. Um, mm -hmm. We go back a long ways to film school. Yep. Um, where we met for the first time and you said, hi, hey, my name's Joe Loud. And I was like, Kip. no way. No, it's not. <laughs> and it, it is. It is Joe Loud. <laughs> uh, so Joe, Joe and I go back. He is a visual effects artist. You may have seen him on the show before. Um, we, yeah, we brought him on and uh, he always offers a lot of awesome insights on a lot of things. That's why I brought him on for Star Trek today because he will do the same. I will learn something. I know it. So with that being said, I do want to I want to shout out to our sponsor for tonight's Star Trek episode. And that is Skyline Indie Film Festival. Next week, 10th through the 13th, the Skyline Indie Film Festival is happening. Support indie, indie uh, filmmaking. Go get your passes now. If you go to thescenesnobs.com, we have a link that you can click right over to and get. Uh, you can buy individual passes for what movies you want to watch. Or you can buy a, a season pass. For, that way you can watch all, I think it's like 70 movies they have out. And I've watched quite a few of them because we are sponsoring that event, but they are sponsoring tonight's episode. So kind of cross sponsorship. So go check it out. And also next week we'll be doing live Skyline interviews and things like that on the scene snob. So we are very excited about that as well. Uh, and we are doing with Scripps Gone Wild, the, um, uh, what's it called? The Prince's Bride script reading. So that's gonna be very exciting. I am also in that. Uh, now I am bragging way too much because my friend is here and I wanna to talk to him. So let's get down to uh, Star Trek. All right, Joe, what's going on, man? Um, I want to. I want to. I have a few t few uh, subjects to talk to you about tonight that I think okay. will be interesting. And we've long debated one of these things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I've definitely come around to see it your way, but I want to rank the captains of Star Trek. And I want to add, you know, any peripheral captains you think deserve to be on that list. We'll keep it at 10. <laughs> if we don't keep it at 10, uh, we'll be here all night. <laughs> so I want to I go over and 
I'm going to kind of, you know, uh, I'm going to bow down to you on this a little bit and you tell me who you think at least deserves to be on the list and then we can rank from there. Um, well, I mean, obviously there's the, there's kind of the big five uh, of the original series, you know, uh, you know, Kirk, Picard, Cisco, Janeway, and Archer. Um, I, um, I mean, Jellico is a, <laughs> yes. is a, you know, we've talked about him before. Um, trying to think of who else. Uh, when we, and when we get to, if he's in the top 10, if we get to that ranking, I am going to fight hard for him. <laughs> well, I, I guess, but I, I was only thinking about the, the, the main five there because, uh, I mean, those were, those are the ones I'm most familiar with. So a lot of the peripheral ones, I, you know, I have to see what you, you say there. Well, I mean, you have Sulu. Hmm? You have Sulu. Sulu yes. Um, we have, I mean, you could put Spock. Spock was a captain at the time. Uh, uh, so, I mean, you can add, as long as they've held the rank of captain, they were a captain in the world of Star Trek. So mm -hmm. they can, they kind of get a pass to be in there. Um, even, even Scotty was a, uh, captain at one point. Worf was a captain. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. so it's really, and I, I don't know if you want to do it, but you, cause we haven't seen him in action. I would put Riker on there because yeah. even his his uh, very short piece, because we didn't really see him get the captain other than the times that he took over the Enterprise during the show. Yeah. But he did get the, what was it, the Titan at the end of, uh, or at the beginning of um, Nemesis. Mm -hmm. And then we saw him uh, in Picard. He was an admiral, but he was an acting captain at the time. So... I think he's had enough screen time as a captain where he could be kind of put in there. Mm -hmm. um, how about, uh, I mean, but like, you can't say Jordy. Jordy is now a captain too, but he was, he was barely seen. He was just mentioned as a captain. Yeah. Uh, but it has been, um, they have said the writers of Star Trek, the new series of uh, Picard, that Worf is the captain of the enterprise. Mm -hmm. So, and, the other Captain Picard. Oh, God. Beverly Picard. <laughs> Beverly Picard, that is true. She did, she did take uh, a few shifts running the bridge sometimes. So, <laughs> You know, you got to give it to her. Uh, oh, man. But there's other captains, too. Like, I mean, we have captains in the Klingons or the Romulans, you know, and such. Or do we just want to stick with Starfleet? I... I I don't want to get too far out. That's, there. Fair. That's very fair. Yeah. Um, one day we should just sit down off camera. Uh -huh. Just try and figure out who is the most effective captain. Not the best, the most <laughs> effective. Um, because let's face facts, Picard is the worst. We all know this. It just happens. I'm pissing, right, off. <laughs> I'm pissing off whoever's watching right now. <laughs> But um, well, there's something to be said about that. And let's start this. Let's start this um, with Cisco and uh, Picard because they started out adversarial, mm -hmm. and then you know came back around, and and Cisco had more respect for him. But they were two very different captains. Mm -hmm. 
Um, who who do you rank above who? Well, um, I mean, I, I'm I, I'm admittedly I'm completely biased because Picard's my favorite, <laughs> um, and Cisco uh, uh, was uh, very like he had a different kind of a situation, you know that Picard was. Uh, more of an explorer he was he was out there um fi you know finding new worlds and new civilizations and but cisco cisco had kind of he was you know helping the bajorans rebuild their society mm -hmm. so he they were they had kind of different jobs so the way we saw them we we didn't really see uh Picard much in in a kind of a conflict situation where we saw Cisco in that. So Cisco Cisco had to make a lot of tough decisions, and uh, um, so I mean Picard didn't didn't did we really see? I don't I think we there was never really a like a war. There were some you know there were combat situations with Picard, but. He didn't. They did. They did some stuff with the Maquis and the Cardassians and mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I would say you're right. If it's more Cisco, like maybe not his reach wasn't as far grasp as like Picard's, but he was dealing with a lot of things all at once. Yeah. Picard generally only had to deal with one issue at a time. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, whereas he was Cisco was keeping the peace, and that's why I would probably rank him higher. Again, this isn't a best captains list. This is a, you know, who's the better captain? <laughs> um, no, who's the who's the more effective? I think we should stick with at this time. Mm -hmm. um, and for the time, I would say that would probably be Cisco because, although Picard was more was very challenged in his new series. Mm -hmm. so that kind of gets some credit there. Uh, yeah. If we still want to count them as the captain, you know. Oh yeah. Did he get he got promoted? Didn't he? Became he was an admiral. Yeah, because remember he became an ambassador to Romulan. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, it's 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 tough because I there 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 definitely would be my top one and two, honestly. Um, that if I put Picard first, uh, Cisco's a close second to me. Um, All right, well let's let's table them then because I feel okay. like that is a tough one, and we we got a, the rest of the list to go through. Mm -hmm. So who's your number three? Um, number three is would probably be Kirk. Okay, where I would put Kirk, and I I I'm I'm thinking mostly of the the movies Kirk because the 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 Kirk of the original show was the original show is very 60s i'm watching it again recently and and it's sometimes i just i kind of like like what am i watching <laughs> it's it's you know it's where it all started it was it established everything that we love um but you know in the first season they they, you know, they were still figuring it out. They were trying to figure out what, what everything is. And, you know, there's, so there's a lot of, 
inconsistencies with stuff that got established later that kind of doesn't totally make sense with the original series. I am kind of going off on a tangent. I'm ta just talking about Kirk, really. The, the, the Kirk of the movies, though, is, is what I favor because I think that's a fair comparison to the other ones because they're closer in time to the next generation, Deep Space Nine. Mm -hmm. um, so he's the one who I think of when I'm thinking of Kirk. But what about, okay, so if we're going to say Kirk, are we counting not just Shatner's Kirk, but Pine's Kirk, too? Um, well, I guess I wasn't considering Pine's Kirk. Um, or is he his own entity, to be on this list? Hmm? Is he his own entity, like his, his own captain to be on the list? Um, I, I would think it's probably fair to consider them two different characters, because the point was, you know, that, that the timeline changed and made Kirk into a different person almost, you know? So he had a different, he had a different upbringing. So. That's a, that's a fair, yeah. I mean, his father died in, uh, in uh, the alternative universe. So, mm -hmm. uh, all right, I'll agree to that. Let's, so let's make him his own. And I, so you're sticking with Shatner Kirk for third? Yeah. I am going to go with, and only for a short period of time ahead of Kirk, and you know how much I love Kirk, so, mm -hmm. but effective-wise, because he just seemed more seasoned, is um, Captain Pike. Oh, the, uh, which one? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the- Well, it, the Discovery one? Yeah, I'll go with Anson Mounts. I, I have to admit, I haven't, I haven't watched <laughs> Discovery all the way through. It's, I like it, and I, I like. I, I want. I want to like it. I want to keep going with it, but I just like. I kind of. I always run out of steam after the first few episodes, and then I, I, I don't pick. I have the first season on on Blu-ray. I like. I bought it because I want to support Trek, and I want to. I want to watch it. I just haven't gotten a chance to do it yet. <laughs> I've gotten myself too, and I feel bad about it because I mean I enjoyed Picard, but. Um, yeah, Discovery have had a hard a hard time sticking with. So, and as for my judgments on any of the captains on those shows, um, it's it's going to be fuzzy for me. I I, I haven't seen a uh, a whole lot of them. Okay, so then you are saying Jellico is number one. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> Uh, Ariel from Ride the Omnibus podcast uh, is commenting along. Ar Ariel, please keep the comments coming. Thank you for watching. She has been a great guest the past couple of nights. Really appreciated all your help. And uh, you have a great podcast, anybody watching. But I'm going to read this comment when we go back to the Picard Cisco debate. Okay. Because um, it's going to take, uh, it's, it's very prevalent to that. And I want to add to it. So um, let's kind of power through. Okay. So I'll agree with you then because you haven't seen the Anson Mount Pike. Uh, let's stick Kirk, Shatner's Kirk, in uh, the third spot. Okay. Um, but I do, I, I will argue for Pike being in at least in the fourth spot. Okay. Um, especially, you know, when the fans jumped on it and now they're getting their own show because of it. Um, so that's, that should be exciting to be able to go back and see the Enterprise before Kirk uh, in a show. Um, are we considering... Uh, what's his name? The La Serena, uh, captain from Picard. Oh, I yeah, I forget his name. The one yeah. with all the the emergency <laughs> holograms. <laughs> Look, they just like him. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, no, I mean, he was he was a pretty good captain. I wouldn't put him in the top five. Would you put Janeway in the top five? Well, like I said, I was only thinking of the the five main series. So I was I was when I was thinking about the question, I was only thinking about them. Um, and uh, but I don't know about top five. If we're if we're expanding, you know, the list. I don't know about top five, just because Janeway, uh, Janeway was frustratingly inconsistent, you know, like she was not, like she was written in, she did all these weird things, like, <laughs> like I remember, I believe it's the first episode, she leaves the bridge and goes down to engineering and like looks down the, the, uh, the warp reactor like she's it's like like she's got to get her hands on things and it's like like i guess i get what you're trying to do with the character you know like make her like she's hands-on she knows how like cool she doesn't need to go down there i guess i guess wasn't it that the main the main engineer died wasn't actually now that i think about it i i you might have it's been a long because i think time. wasn't balana uh uh maquis wasn't she one of the Maquis? And then she took over engineering because the main engineer died? I believe so. Again, I have to watch Void. It's been a very long time. Well, it wasn't I, one of my favorites in this in the series. Um, yeah, Janeway, Janeway is like, I, you know, I appreciated what they were trying to do, but I, I think they didn't, just didn't do a good job with her. So they didn't do a good job with almost anybody on, on Voyager. So a lot of those uh, honorable mention we'll just we'll keep her in the top 10 but yeah okay yes uh ariel said that yes uh biana blana i don't remember her name lana torres lana torres was uh marquee mackie mackie um so that's uh yeah that's been a while i need to rewatch voyager i need to rewatch voyager and enterprise um and Santos was the name of the captain of the La Serena, Serena from. Uh, so I liked him though. I thought he was a pretty good captain. Mm -hmm. a, a little bit insane, but I dug it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I think Jellico deserves to be on the list, man. Sure. Got the job done. He got <laughs> the job. I, I, you know, we could debate about it, but <laughs> we've, we've had many arguments about it before. <laughs> About about Jellico. But here's the thing: so many people don't like Jellico because he went. The crew didn't like him, and it was a charge led led by Riker. And I I don't I'm not against Riker. Listen, I like Riker as much as the next guy, um, but Riker is a bit of a dick. <laughs> um, so I can understand why maybe somebody in authority doesn't really like coming on and then having his authority questioned. Yeah, you know, because he he was cool with Troy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know he he was cool with Troy. So like, uh, Ariel says that Jellico is the antithesis of Starfleets. <laughs> is he the antithesis though? Um, I don't know. That's a good thought. I wonder. Uh, but he was still because he was sort of like he was he like he was like a military strategist, and that's why they put him in that position, right? Yeah. He was with the Cardassians. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I guess 
Starfleet would need to have people like that because you're going to be running into hostile races and you might find yourself in the in some kind of a war that you couldn't avoid. Uh, Technically, but, Section 31 is the antithesis of Starfleet. Yes, that's, that's true. Um, and he would be, I mean, he's not a... I could see him working closely with uh, sector, <laughs> Section 31 or... Uh, you know, because he is a military strategist, like you said. I, 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 we've talked about it before, but I think one of the the things I always found annoying about him was how you know it was a petty thing. It was a lot of petty little things. It's like he was always trying to get everybody to change how they did everything, and I, I would argue that it's better to let people do things the way they have been doing them, and they're going to be more. Like if you're changing up everybody's sleep schedules or whatever, their shift schedules, there's going to lead to more. It's like daylight savings time. <laughs> you know, you, you change people's sleep patterns. It messes, it messes with their readiness. I, I felt like his choice to, to change this, the, the, the shifts was going to hinder the efficiency of the enterprise more than it would make it more efficient. But that's that's just one thing, but there is there's an argument against that for management stuff. We should have just made this not rank the captains. We should have made this okay, Jellico, effective captain or no? Um, <laughs> we can do that to a management style where a brand new manager comes in and kind of changes things up uh -huh. um, to kind of test the uh, the abilities of. You know, let's like if you equate it like a new manager at a store, you know, walks in and then he changes things up because maybe he was at a different store and he's doing things completely different. Now, if things were running well at the store, he's just doing it to maybe test, test them, push them to their brink and to see how well they can uh, work under pressure because he has to see it firsthand going into a situation with the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, there's something to be said about that. It didn't help that Riker was kind. He Riker was kind of douchey in that episode. Mm -hmm. It was he was a little petulant about. Yeah, and and like because he came off like because I don't even think that Jellicoe like, initially had a problem weird. with. Riker. He left Starfleet because his captain was giving him some orders to change some things. <laughs> it's yeah. like really, like that that whole thing was kind of like I don't I don't I I I I can. Understand, like I mentioned before, Steve Shives, he wrote, he, he did a video on Captain Jellicoe. Uh, and um, so that if you, if you go check that out um, sometime. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he got the job done, you know, it's the way they, the way they wrote the episode. He, you know, he got, he got them, he got them Cardassians. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you, uh, he did get those Kardashians. We got to give him that. Um, but you got, so I think Jellico deserves to be on the list just for his small time on the, okay. Oh, yeah. He had a, he had a presence, even though he was only there for two, two part. It was, it was, was it was a two part episode, right? Yeah. So let's yeah. give him, no, I say we give him number 10. Okay. There's going to be people who are pissed off that we even put them on the list. <laughs> um, so we need, uh, so we've Kirk at three. Um, we have, uh, what's his name? At Pike at four. 
So we need five through nine. All right. Here's my quick ones to go over real quick before we get on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, I'm going to say Riker should go at five. Okay. Um, just for that badass speech you gave him, Card. Uh, and he's just for, just for the, the Enterprise finale. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was yeah. there and he was in the holodeck. So why not? Uh, <laughs> not on the bridge. He was just on the holodeck. Uh, <laughs> he's still dreaming about being on the Enterprise so much that he put it on the holodeck and didn't even do his own crew. Um, <laughs> so no, I'll give him for his appearance, Picard, his appearance in Enterprise. Why not? Um, and the times he did serve as captain, uh, and he was offered captain like four times and he turned it down. Uh, so, you know, he's a, he's a well-established captain captain. And I will forget the petulant child, uh, of Will Riker in, uh, in those episodes. And I will also forget when he got Q powers and became a douche. Um, <laughs> so, and I will put Riker at number five for me. What do you think? Sure. I'll go All right. Um, so let's, I, I'm going to give it to Sulu for six. Okay. Uh, you know, we, so we have the battle of what, uh, Kitamar. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's, he's at least got a little bit of a battle readiness to him. Um, mm -hmm. kind of, <laughs> so we got, uh, so I would put Sulu as, as on screen, as far as on screen captains go, I'll give it to Sulu. Um, now I'm going to go with six only because we know it's canon and he ends up the um, captain of the Enterprise and we got to see him captain some things. Worf. We should be on seven, right? Seven, that's right. Yeah, Worf for seven. Okay. I mean, he is a warrior, man. <laughs> he's, he's always ready to go in action. Uh, and he looks damn good in that uh, uniform. So... And he, and he told uh, Picard he'd kill him twice. <laughs> yeah. He also told him, remember he told him to shut up when he was his, uh, his representative in his hearing? <laughs> He's like, you'll be quiet. <laughs> Which one was that? That was in uh, the one where uh, he saves his own brother and he, he accepts exile. Oh, the, then the Klingon thing? Yeah. Uh, remember Picard was his... Uh, like yeah, his representative... And then he told him to shut up. He was just like, just shut up. <laughs> That's really funny. So, um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about Worf as captain? I mean, he didn't do too well in the battle with the Borg in first contact, but. <laughs> well, he had, a, he had a tough little ship. He did have a tough little ship. That's true. Um, but he, he was going to ram him. <laughs> and because we put Jellicoe at um, 10, why don't we give Janeway 9? Nine, sure. So just because she did learn a lot about other species on the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. So she she managed to negotiate with the Borg, I guess. Sure. Why not? I mean that's a, that's a thing. Um, all right. So who do we have for number eight? Who's our number eight captain? I mean, would you put Archer in there? Oh shit! I forgot about Archer. <laughs> All right, let's move everybody back one and then put Archer right after At number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody just gets shit. Yeah. He, should, he should definitely go before Riker, considering Riker was like on the holodeck trying to like, yeah, is all of his <laughs> adventure. Yeah. 
And the only thing I will give uh, Archer, a lot of people didn't like him and didn't love the series. And yeah, he didn't emote perfectly, but whatever, he just got back to it. Um, <laughs> he at least, Archer deserves respect for being the first starship captain of a test star. Uh -huh. Yeah, like he was, he was treading new ground. He, he was the first ever, you know? So I, I think that there were, you know, there, there's, there was a, you think of the way things are today and the idealistic vision of the future that next gen and so on was, they, uh, they kind of had to bridge the gap there. So, yeah. you know, somebody who is kind of, a, a, you know, I, uh, has the ideals of, of the future, but is still kind of grounded in the past and, and uh, yeah. Well, and also I think he deserves the respect because of um, what he did. Like he was dealing with a lot more adversaries just because he was human. Mm -hmm. Taking over this new enterprise, this flagship for them. Uh, and a lot of even the allies of the Federation before the Federation didn't, tr not that they, well, yeah, they didn't trust them, but they, it was because they didn't really trust humans. Fully. Yeah. So he had a lot on his shoulders there too. Like it was mm -hmm. like I have people who want to kill me out there that I haven't even met yet, <laughs> yeah. and then I have others that are on my side, are supposed to be on my side, not pulling for me. You know. Yeah. So, I I think he deserves at least that much for opening opening the door for everybody. Is weren't, weren't the wasn't there kind of some subplot about like the the uh, the Vulcans kind of holding them back, like kind of underhandedly uh, withholding things from them or something. I, I can't. Yeah. It's been a long time since I watched the show, but there was there were things because like they had to Paul on there. He was supposed to be reporting back to the Vulcans, and he was. It was also supposed to be that they were because um, it was kind of set up in the first episode, even uh, in a way that was like, all right, this is our test for humans and they really pushed for this so mm -hmm. let's let's kind of keep them at arm's length a little bit you know mm -hmm. i think uh kind of where that goes but mm -hmm. uh so that's a good list i think that's pretty good yeah it's a good 10 we did pretty good and jellico got on the list so i feel good about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the next uh the next topic i want to talk about the villains of star trek now i don't want to rank anybody i just want to talk about them a little bit and mm -hmm. i want to get your feelings on who works where and what maybe like not just what captain but what starfleet's commands would could, like could you see uh the cardassians and the enterprise d go up against each other could he could they handle it or could the enterprise the first 1701 handle the cardassians or the romulans of their time um, well, their, their VFX were much older, mm -hmm. so they probably wouldn't have been able to keep up with the new VFX <laughs> of the night. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. Uh, the, <sighs> well, let's start here. Let's, uh, let's go from who to, who in your opinion was 
maybe not the most evil, but the best villain on Star Trek. The one that the one that stands out the most. The one the one that immediately comes to my mind is Dukat. Okay. Because uh, he's he's probably the villain we see the most of and get to know the best. There's the most uh, 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 character building around him and see what he's like. Um, and he has a daughter and he, you know, is willing to kill her to not dishonor his family or whatever that was. Yeah. Um, uh, he's just, he's just the most fleshed out. And while he's kind of a, you know, he's a bad guy, but he's, he, he's got, you, you, you get to know him in a way that, that, you kind of so some of some of the things you can kind of understand why he thinks that he has to do the things that he does. You no, know, they did give him some sympathy. I'll give you that. Yeah, he's the most fleshed out as a character of all the villains, I think. Now, what would you say the? But yes, to copy and Cardassian for anybody who's listening and what doesn't know that. Um, who would you say the? I don't want to say the overall race because like not every Klingon is evil or an enemy. Not every Cardassian is, you know, not every Romulan is. Um, but who would you say the overall factions maybe out of, out of the grouping of adversaries that Starfleet had? Uh, was well, you're, you're talking, you're talking about like the entire factions. Yeah. Like the, like the Klingons or the Romulans or. Well, I like your answer of Dukat. Okay. I wanted to hear that, but now I'm going on to a more broader sense of like, is it the Klingons? Is it the Cardassians? Is it the Romulans? Um, is it the, the Dominion? Mm -hmm. Hmm. I mean, I would say the Dominion was probably the one that gave Starfleet the most. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had, uh, they had a lot of things going for them with the, the you know they had this the strong men um, the 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 why am I forgetting their name right now the uh, I can't remember Jemadar the Jemadar um, and and then the uh, the the changelings themselves were you know like a, they you know they could be anywhere and so they had that that threat going on so that yeah they had a they had a lot on their hands with the dominion i guess yeah. the dominion, the which which for me if you have you have that type of power structure but they were defeated very quickly so but like somebody like the klingons if you think about it have been were around for hundreds of years in almost a cold war standoff until they finally started to the peace finally kind of came about in Star Trek six, you know, <laughs> like they started to finally having a treaty. Uh, but even after that, it was still kind of like, uh, I see you, I know where you are, uh, sort of thing. Yeah. So like comparative to how long it took Starfleet to deal with each, you know, and I'm not just saying the Klingons, even the Romulans for, were for, but, I mean, like th there was, I think in the lore of Star Trek, wasn't there wasn't there a Klingon war? The early on, yeah, yeah. That's why I remember Scotty has like sort of a prejudice against Klingons. 
Yeah. Well, kind of everybody does in the in the old Star Trek. Yeah, but like he because mostly because he fought against them. Yeah. Oh, you mean like like he fought against them before? Yeah, remember when they got in a fight with um was it the Tribble episode? Oh yes. He called the Enterprise a garbage scow. <laughs> <laughs> Which another one you get you get Cisco going back in time and meeting yeah and being all fanboy about it too <laughs> um, yeah I mean the I guess because we didn't really see the actual war with the Klingons it may have only been as long as as the Dominion War because didn't we return the tide for for the the Federation like getting other they, it's like they, they had the Klingons. It's again. It's it's been a long time since I've watched Deep Space Nine, um, but didn't they have? They had the Klingons on their side already, and they had to convince the Romulans to get on their side too. Yeah, for the Dominion War. They did. Yeah, but then wasn't it like a last minute where like they, they somehow convinced the Cardassians to ditch. The, I, I, they do eventually. I don't remember how it all turned. Yeah, out. I think that's. I, th- I think that's what kind of turned the tides. Is that the the Cardassian uh, dropped out and they started fighting alongside the. Well, I I could be misremembering. The Cardassians had their own civil war going on. Oh, okay. And that was like kind of where that led into. Um, uh, it, it led to them having such a war and being starved in certain areas and things like that. Mm-hmm. that it turned around and uh i think yeah they were able to like kind of convince them like what are you doing like just just get out of it because they didn't team up with starfleet okay i, I don't believe i don't remember them teaming up with starfleet but I think yeah, you, you, yeah you might well be right i'm just i'm not remembering exactly how all that played out at the end um i really need to watch that show again yeah I need to watch it all again. Like the next generation, I will seriously like I'll start it at season three, and just let it play in the background all the time. <laughs> I've seen that one so many times, but all the other ones, I, 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 I don't binge them as often. You know what? Actually, let me ask you about that because last night uh, on the discussion panel, we kind of talked about. And I said I have a soft spot in my heart for the first two seasons of Star Trek: Next Generation, uh-huh. and it was met with quite a few groans. Uh, in the discussion panel, and I, I want to—I want to get your opinion on it. Like, I—I I realize it's night and day. Once, uh-huh. you know, three, four, definitely, and on um, of next generation, how they were handled and the, and the storylines and everything else uh, compared to the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. But what's your take on the first two seasons? My my first two se- or my view on the first two seasons is just that to me they're skippable, but there there are some there are some good episodes in those first two seasons. It's just that there's there's it's it, they're, it's more uneven and um, I, I I just I just if I'm gonna binge the show I just started at season three. Um, I, I not that I have to I can I can start it at season one but it's just you know like. You know, if I'm if I want to get through the whole series <laughs> in in a week or something, I'll, I'll skip the first two seasons. I got, I mean, yes, there are some there are some episodes. Like Measure of a Man is 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 uh, season two. It's first, yeah, it's first or second season. Oh. 
um that's that's one of the best episodes in the series and um trying to think of others right now but uh, uh, i mean listen it is what it is like you said it was planet of the week especially in those first two seasons yeah um so but i i think it worked out and uh you know there was some argument to the facts last night about uh the next generation all characters are the same from the beginning in the end i kind of i tend to disagree i'm not saying there's much character in a way of character changing or adapting mm-hmm. over time but I will say that I think things did change. I mean, Voyager was the worst for that. Voyager was the one where, like, it's like literally nobody changed. <laughs> uh, Tom Paris and Bellana got married. Um, Harry Kim's like in ensign the whole time. <laughs> He's serving on a on a on a ship in a in a uh, Delta quadrant, and doesn't even get a field promotion at all. <laughs> like. The poor guy <laughs> the delta flyer and stuff and <laughs> just can't catch a break no unfortunately but um he didn't deserve one either so i mean that's how, that's how it came out. uh so asking that like going going that route and kind of like as we're slowing down a little bit and i want to get into one more thing before uh, we kind of finish off but um this first and second season you're right I mean, there's a lot about it that you watch on TNG, but to say this, to say the first and second season are unwatchable or they're the worst. Oh, I, not, I don't, not, 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 you, not you. That's okay. kind of where I met with some people uh, on, on that. On, so not, not you. I know you said, like you said, there are some episodes and stuff like that. And I, I think, uh, I think starting off Tommy, who's eight and he's starting to get into Star Trek. Uh, starting off with like at the beginning, those episodes are fun for kids. For sure. You have a lot more Wesley in it, who's a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it opens it up. And I think if you let them watch those first two seasons before going on to the third, they'll also tend to get into the original series. Mm-hmm. I think those are good jumping off parts for, especially for kids to watch those first two seasons and then be like, yeah, these, this show, which was the original was a lot like that one. Mm-hmm. And then when you show them like the third season, fourth season, and kind of how where it goes from there, um, you know, then I don't know. I just feel like that would be a good jumping off part, maybe for youngsters. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, I, I am open to opinions on what they think. I they're wrong opinions, but you know, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, again, it's always a soft spot in my heart. For, yeah. For that. Um, I cannot watch them a lot. Yeah. You know, they had Pluto streaming service has uh, a Star Trek channel and it's basically the first two seasons, first three seasons of, uh, of um, next gen um, go just going, 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 going around. Oh, only the first three. Yeah. Well then they'll sprinkle in other season, other episodes from other seasons, like the good ones. But for okay. the most part, to cover the 24-hour cycle, it'll be the first. There'll be a lot of first, second, and third seasons. Interesting. Um, but then you go over to BBC America. Yeah. And you can catch DS9. You can catch all the good episodes of yeah. uh, Next Gen. So it kind of works. Well, out. it's all on Netflix now too. Yeah, I, I go back, but it, my thing is like the commercials are nice because like like you said, you put it on in the background. Like if I keep it on Netflix, it's just like. 
going to ask me every two or three episodes, like, do you want to still watch? Yeah. If I put it on TV, it's like, all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll give you your royalty check today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, uh, there's always going to be a soft spot in my heart for those. And I, I had to say it, especially since it was the experts, and they are experts, and I am not putting that down. These people knew so much, and you would have done well on that show last night. Um, uh, in terms of uh, Star Trek, although you probably would have been asking uh, the engineer on the show more about real, actual space <laughs> most of the time. But, uh, you know, we had a really good conversation, but I guess I'm just enough of a novice to like the first and second season. Oh, no, that's okay. I, I, I mean, if, if, like, they came up on BBC America, I, I'd sit and watch them, you know. Yeah. Uh, now I will say this. We, I want to get on to the Kurtzman era of Star Trek, the JJ okay. world, uh, if you will. Um, I know you haven't watched the second season of Discovery yet, but you have watched Picard, right? I've watched Picard. You've watched and the first season first, of... Like the first third of the first season of Discovery. Okay. Have you watched, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, any of Lower Decks or any of the shorts? I've not seen Lower Decks yet. I actually didn't know it was coming. It was it was out already until I saw people talking about it online. I watched first episode. Was, I, I didn't dislike it. I was, it made me laugh a few times, and it's that's kind of what they're going for. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It kind of broadens the horizon. It's weird to me. <laughs> it's so weird to me. It's weird to me that Seth MacFarlane, the master of animation over here, goes to them and says, I want to do this. And he brings him the Orville and he's like, I want to do this in Star Trek. And they turn him down. Mm-hmm. So he makes the show and the show is like probably the most Star Trek show out now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. I have, yeah, I have watched, uh, I don't what season are they on now? Two, three is coming to Hulu. Three's what? Uh, Hulu bought them, so uh, three is coming to Hulu. Oh, okay. So. I think I've watched the first two seasons then. And that wasn't a cancellation and pickup. That was a Hulu bought them. It was like, no, we'll, we'll up your uh, budget. Because okay. so, it's that good of a show. But like, it fits perfectly within, like it's like Next Gen or DS9. things like it, They could have done this about a ship that's like off and a side character ship. Like They're not the important explorers. They're the ones that go and they make runs or they're ambassadors for something, you know, and, yeah. and through it, they're building themselves up through their adventures to becoming a more prominent ship. And it's very cool how they do it. Um, and it's just really well done. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's very reminiscent of TNG, the good years. Um, so you take that show and he, t- he took that to Star Trek and the people of Star Trek, they said, no, you're out of here. Who- now, Orville is the most Star Trek thing out now. And now you get Lower Decks, which is an animation that's almost trying to be on par with like a family guy or that. Not in looks or, you know, not aesthetically, but like the comedy sort of feel to it and stuff like that tied into Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about a ship that isn't like a main running ship in Starfleet. It's just they kind of go off and they do secondary things and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, you could have had it, man. You could have had it. 
So, you know, I, Kurt, I actually had that idea back in high school. I, I know you told me that. Actually, I, I do remember you telling me that. Yeah, of a, of a ship that was like the no-name ship. The, the ship that usually blows up before the Enterprise shows up to, and then it investigates what happened to them. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, and that in the episode Conspiracy, the one that blows up, the Horatio. Yeah. Picard and Beverly's friends blows up on the ship. Mm -hmm. um, conspiracy, the episode where they never resolve it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, what they, what I think, what they were supposed, what they were trying to do in the first season was all the there were little tiny threads that led up to conspiracy, mm -hmm. and it was originally going to lead up to the Borg, but they didn't have, um, they didn't have the, the the. The tech wasn't there like they didn't have it ready to go like they couldn't they couldn't pull off the best of both worlds basically yet oh, so okay. it was originally supposed to be the borg were going to be introduced as like this big bad at the end of the first season but then they they turned it into the the weird neckworm thing <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny um that would have been so much more epic uh but no so I want to talk to you about Kurtzman. How do you feel that Kurtzman's holding up in the in the realm of Star Trek? I, I mean, any to me, I'm of the philosophy that any Star Trek is is good to have it. So it's it's being kept alive and it's still, you know, I'm looking forward to the um, uh, strange. Is it Strange New Worlds? Yep. Is the new one? Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that format again of the the kind of utopia future where where things are better and you know they're out exploring and and destroying god computers <laughs> you know <laughs> like um yeah like like uh i i'm looking forward to seeing what that is um i enjoyed picard um I thought it had pacing issues, you know, yeah. it, it seemed like it took like four episodes to finally get moving. But I guess I can kind of understand why they did that. But, um, but otherwise I enjoyed the, that series. And then Discovery, Discovery, I feel like was too, too different. It was too, I, I, I'll have to let it grow on me. I have to go and watch it, like I said, and, um, it was just kind of a shock and it's like uh what am i what am i looking at and um yeah i i didn't i don't like in discovery the the arguing uh, you know uh yeah. fellow crewmates arguing with each other and it's like because that was that was actually something that roddenberry stipulated shouldn't happen in the original show and, and that that crewmates will all be focused on working the problem together. And there might be little, you know, there you can cite examples of where some people. Oh, there's always going to be some sort of bickering, but you're right. It shouldn't. Oh, it shouldn't yeah. be that. It should. Yeah, be. yeah. Characters were never adversarial. Like they didn't hate each other. Though you could kind of argue that maybe McCoy and and Spock were <laughs> a bit adversarial at times. <laughs> Well, but, I'll tell you, in the second season of Discovery, they kind of put an end to that. Um, because, And I think that's because that was a big complaint. 
Uh-huh. I was like, why are we, why are they bickering all the time? Why are they fighting? Like, it's not, it wasn't Roddenberry's view of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then they do start working together to the weird thing that J.J. Abrams does for some reason, or Kurtzman even writes it that way, where they're t- all talking and they're each taking a different part of the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, I just, I hate that. I hate that type of dialogue, but uh, yeah. like, I, I think that would, it was such a heavy handed way to be like, they do work together. See? Um, and <laughs> a lot of it had to do with, and then they kind of, I don't want to say they shoehorned it in, but <laughs> it's so weird. It's like they wrote themselves. I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you. Okay. That's okay. Um, because the first season was uh, was supposed to take place so she could be Spock's sister um, that we never heard of, um, she they set it before Enterprise, before uh, the original series, I should say. And then um, <laughs> when they realized, like, wow, your technology is just way too advanced for what's going on and everything looks way too advanced from the original series, the second season, they're like, okay, we'll bring Pike in and we'll bring the, that's why they finished with the Enterprise at the end. Uh-huh. And they start it up and it's um, Pike comes on and starts captaining the discovery mm-hmm. so you get all this stuff and like they're shoehorning a lot in and now spock is who they're searching for and all that stuff and then at the end it's like they wrote themselves to a way i'm hoping the third season will be better because of how they wrote it they take the discovery out of that time okay and send it to like a thousand years into the future okay so it's because it seems so out of place they took it and put it out of place. <laughs> so we'll see how that works in the third season. Okay. But uh, yeah, as far as the second season goes, like, and then we, we also got like a very cool Captain Pike. We got Rebecca Romaine playing number one. Um, we got Spock, who seems good. It's, it's Ethan Peck, who is Gregory Peck's grandson. Okay. Uh, who plays Spock? So like, and and they seem they seem like they're gonna really get into the characters. The Enterprise looks really cool. Uh, the bridge and everything. I think you really like it, but you know they didn't go into the future. Of course, <laughs> they went back to the Enterprise. So um, I think they, I think by doing that and taking the element that didn't work from as before the the original series. And putting it a thousand years into the future, it's like okay, now it works, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so we'll see what. I, so it just took a, a two seasons for them to get into an actual place that works for them. Okay. Um, so, and not to mention that the discovery is very reminiscent of the Enterprise J. So there you go. Yeah. That um, What's like? It's one of the. It's based on one of the old. Uh, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now. The guy who, who did all of the. He did tons of like concept art for Star Wars and Star Trek, I believe. Um, can't remember his name right now, mm. but he it, it, one of his early concepts for the Enterprise, the original Enterprise, was that big wedge shaped with the nacelles on the on the, mm-hmm. on the outside of the triangle. And then the the it, it's basically what the Discovery is. It's not a beautiful ship, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'll give you that and. Um, so like, that's just kind of where they went. So like with Kurtzman, like, all right, so maybe they're going to fix it now. Uh, I know they're kind of in some hot water at the moment. Okay. Um, the creators, 
like uh, Paramount CBS, they want to continue with a lot of the ideas. Like CBS was the big factor behind get Pike his own show. Everybody likes him. You know, like we'll just do the Enterprise again with Pike. Everybody likes him. Everybody liked that whole, their whole thing. Um, they're like, make it work with Discovery. So they did. They sent him a thousand years into the future and we'll see if it works. And I think they're like, get Picard on track. Yeah. So it's like, um, I think that because there's been such a drop in that CBS All Access, a lot of people are like, all right, get this shit together. <laughs> That's just the way it's going to work. So hopefully we'll get more. And I, I want to see, I want to see Guinan in the second season. I want to see War yeah. the Enterprise. I want to see what happens. I definitely want, I really liked the interactions of Picard. I liked the nostalgia of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Frakes coming back and directing um, and coming back and on the show a couple of times and, and just seeing a lot of people like Seven and Nine coming back and mm-hmm. you got some cool stuff. So give me more. Give me Jordy. Give yeah. Me you know, where's Beverly? Mm-hmm. Is she on her science vessel? Come on, where is she? Her, <laughs> her ball ship. <laughs> yeah. Is she in the neutral zone right now? Is that where yeah. she is? Um, yeah, I, I want to see more. I want to see what's going on with everything. So, mm-hmm. but what about you, man? What, do, what would you like to see from Star Trek going forward? Um, like I said, I'm excited for uh, the um, strange, uh, strange new worlds. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by the Section Thirty One show. Curious what they're gonna do with that because they. You know, they're trying to hype it up like, oh, it's not, it's going to be totally something you're not expecting or something like that. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm expecting already. So <laughs> you're right. <laughs> All right. But um, um, yeah, I, I, Discovery, I, 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 I don't have an opinion on Discovery yet because it's just. <laughs> well, watch it. Give me an opinion, damn it. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll get back to you. Just put it on in the background. Um, I will. No, that's that's my problem. Is like so many so many times I'm I'm doing something on the computer or something. I don't want to put on a show that I haven't seen offline because I want to be able to focus on it. And a lot of my time spent watching TV lately is rewatching Community, rewatching the original series of Star Trek. Um, But yeah, I, I should just watch Discovery. Yes, but you should also watch Orville. Orville? Well, yeah, I've watched it. Oh, you did watch it. Okay, okay, watch all that. Good. All right, we're going to finish this off. Um, I first want to say, I'm going to give you one more topic, uh, but I first want to say, dude, it's awesome that you came on the show. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, Always. You're always welcome on the show. Um, One of my best friends, Star Trek aficionado and uh, avid fan, except for of Discovery. (laughs) Um, <laughs> Mr. Joe. Not that I'm not a fan, I just haven't gotten into it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but Mr. Joe Loud, thank you very much. Uh, he's visual effects artist extraordinaire as well. Uh, you've seen a lot of his work and you've adored it. Absolutely. Um, but I will, let's end it this way. So um, Ariel from Ride the Young Bus podcast, when we were talking about uh, Cisco and Kirk, she made the comment, it's more about Picard, not Kirk, Picard, I'm sorry. Uh, it's more about Picard getting taken by the enemy. You know, that makes him maybe behind Cisco. Uh, he does get taken by the enemy. Not a lot, but a bit. 
because he's Mr. Diplomacy. I, I guess I could see that, that, yeah, like he gets, he was captured by the Borg uh, and assimilated. He was captured by the Cardassians. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, he does, he, he does, he's, uh, he's a captain, uh, but that's how he strengthens his uh, his uh, diplomacy skills, I guess. But did, but did Cisco ever have to John McClane Deep Space Nine? <laughs> no, that's, that's fair, he did not. <laughs> Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, that's true. He did have to do that in first contact. <laughs> so who do you put? Is it first contact that gives... Uh... No, no, no. Uh, Starship Mine. The episode Starship Mine. Oh, that's right. And it... The only one on the ship and the, and the guys are trying to hijack the Enterprise. So... <laughs> well, technically, he did it twice then. His first contact was basically a diehard situation. Uh, yeah, I, kind of. Um, well, that was more like a, it was sort of a a battle taking place on their ship. You know, like they were assimilating deck by deck. And yeah, okay, so it was. But he did go, yeah, like one man his way back to save Data. Starship is Starship Mind for uh, was definitely Die Hard, and First Contact was definitely Die Hard too. So that's basically what it goes down to. Die harder. Um, all right. So I'm guessing you're going to put Picard in the one, number one spot. I I have to. That's very fair. Um, but, but with Cisco at a very close second. I will agree to your terms, sir. So and that, like like I wanted to agree with what a lot of your 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 uh, guests last night were saying about how um, they felt that. If um, if we had seen uh, Cisco in a, in a position like Picard, where he was like kind of what I was bringing up earlier, if if Cisco was in a planet of the week kind of situation, that we may have seen more of the, a, a Picard like uh, Cisco, and you know the uh, uh, but he was more of the the nitty gritty down and dirty kind of man of action kind of guy. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, and and so I think the reason I brought that up before was because of um, why I, I I guess what where my bias probably comes from is that Picard represents somebody who I wish um, our leaders were like, and that mm-hmm. you know like that, that Cisco Cisco could be that guy, but he had to deal with a crappy situation. You know, and and that and that like dis- disappoints me a little bit. Like when when I, I I was when Deep Space Nine first came out, I was kind of a purist and didn't like it because I was like, what? They're just gonna stay in one place every week, <laughs> you know? And and so I didn't appreciate it, and I didn't really watch the show at first. And it wasn't till later that I I watched it and appreciated it. But um, it's it was different from the, the, the utopia that I was seeing in, in Star Trek. And yeah. um, it was, it was trying to show, uh, you know, maybe some of the flaws and how that society was, was like, don't show me the flaws. Show me how we make it better. <laughs> show me how we make our society, what we should be like, you know? I do like that. It does give you a feeling of uh, yes, even, 
even if we do have a utopia, some parts of society are going to have to be a problem. Like he, that is a show that's very much a Western. That is the, the captain of the, of a um, very distant out in the middle of nowhere West um, uh, fort uh, with a scruffy group of uh, cavalrymen. Um, like Bashir even says it in the first episode, like yeah. how this is frontier medicine, you know? Absolutely. So yeah, and that's what it was. It was that frontier cavalrymen having to protect their fort from all of these different factions, and then a war goes on and everything else. So uh, I liked that aspect of like the deep reaches of space are still going to have some issues. It's not going to be what uh, Starfleet and the Federation have built in their areas. Um, but you're right. I do like. The idea of next gen ends that continue and that yeah and that isn't to say that i dislike deep space nine huh. it it was a departure from and it's it, it kind of goes into where where things have come with picard you know like showing this future where maybe the federation aren't the you know the the bastion of of uh progress or whatever that that we saw before that that they're now they're stubborn and they're kind of paranoid and and slow to react to a problem and they they tuck tail and ran with the when the Romulans needed them and stuff like that and it's like you know Picard's complaining it's like it wasn't Starfleet and, and yeah so um, I I I I like it for what it is I I. But that's why I said why I'm looking forward to the strange new worlds and seeing the yeah the future again. I like that even more because that was them. Like it was a utopia, but it still kind of wasn't. Like there was still things that they had to experience. But like they, but if you went back to Earth, it was a utopia. You know, yeah, it's a Vulcan. It's a utopia. Like so, that each each one of the federations were safer at that point. It was they had to go out to find the adventure. Um, whereas with Next Gen, like the adventure was kind of knocking at the door at all times, like you know, adversary things. But I will give it to Picard. A lot of people said, like, I don't understand how Starfleet is so terrible to Picard and why <laughs> Picard doesn't trust Starfleet. And I was like, You obviously never watch Next Gen uh -huh. because the biggest adversaries he faced in next gen were all of these damn corrupt admirals <laughs> and that's where i'm going to end it and that's why he cut through a lot of bureaucracy in that whole show and you know, a lot of corruption and such in the utopia um yeah. well there was yeah I'm trying to think because there was there was one guy who was possessed by an alien and nichev um she wasn't corrupt she was just kind of a hard ass but even then like they they always were doubting him or whatever else and then like you had the conspiracy in the beginning and uh you know all the way into insurrection and yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, just yeah. always something going on but um you know you can understand and then like when he's like we're starfleet we're supposed to help the romulans and they're like no nah, we're good and he gets fired yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah there's no reason of course he's gonna like read resigned to his little hole uh, at the chateau uh, and just kind of be a beaten man is because they finally beat him and drummed him out of Starfleet. 
Yeah. And they've been trying to do it for years, but now he's back and he's stronger than ever because he's an android. Uh, <laughs> that's where I'm going to leave it. I want to uh, thank my guest, Joe Lab, for being on the show tonight to talk about Star Trek. Um, thank you for my sponsor, uh, Skyline Indie Film Fest. Passes are on sale now. Go buy them. There's a link on the, on the scenesnobs.com. Join us every Tuesday at live at 9.30 p.m. Uh, next week, my guest is Sasha, the Princess of Darkness herself. So we'll be jumping on the show. We'll be, we have some good topics planned for that, so stay tuned. Uh, tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. live, we are going, uh, we have Behind the Box podcast. We're talking about the cult track, uh, the cult side of track, and we're going to be comparing the movies. We, we're gonna, our recommendations last week were to watch Space Seed, the Wrath of Khan and Into Darkness, and we're going to be comparing those storylines. Um, so as we go on with that, uh, then on, we will have a special Star Trek painting on Thursday with Rob Paints the Movies, and then of course on Friday night. It's fun time with Friday night showcase. We have about five or six guests coming on with Trek. We're all going to have some drinks. We're going to play some trivia, and we're going to go right along with it. And there will be prizes attached. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good time. Thank you again, my good friends, Joe Loud, for jumping on the show. I miss you, buddy. Uh, I always love talking to you. Mm -hmm. uh, so this was a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you go check us out at the Scene Snob on social media. And we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good night, everybody. See you later.